0: I think that was our best one. That was fantastic. Uh, okay, welcome back, everybody. Episode 17. Who wants to give me a little recap of what happened last time? Durf, why don't you give me a recap?
1: We we walked around the tower buying things, and then the Archmage told us that we're all dying.
0: Pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty accurate. Um, thanks for going into immense detail about that. <laughs> Okay, so yes, the, um, so what happens next is you guys are finished with your little conversation with the Archmage, um, and he gives you, if you remember, Durf, when he revived you, or maybe the other guys remember, when he revived you, he gave you guys this, um, like, white, uh, vial of liquid to revive you. Well, so he gives you each one of these, and you down it real quick, because he tells you, basically, that this is, um, that this is a tonic that should fight the minor effects of the curse, the lightheadedness, the vomiting, Nausea, diarrhea, etc. That kind of stuff. Um, but uh the, the curse is obviously still active in your body, but some of those symptoms now, now that now that they've occurred um, after you drink this, you're good on the symptoms. So no more kind of like randomly passing out. That's good. That's exciting. All right, so um where do you want to head next? When... Well, we're still we're still in the tower
2: talk. Are we in the Archmage's chamber still?
3: Yes. We've got to find Tess, right? Yeah, she 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 yeah she knows she knows where the next location is. So maybe having a a conversation with her,
2: yeah, seems so. like a strong play. Let's seek out Tess.
0: Okay, um, you guys find Tess uh, a little while later. Um, you search around and you actually find her. So you find her in the Hall of Knowledge. She's like studying over the tome, and and she sees you guys and she runs to give you all a huge hug, um, and uh, she holds on to Carl just a few seconds longer than some of the rest. And she says, "Okay, okay. Uh, so, do do you want the good news or the bad news first?"
3: Uh, uh, I'm a strong proponent of start low, end high, so I say bad news. Tug says uh, bad news first.
1: Uh, okay. Derf says, um, "Sure, more bad. I mean, not more bad news. We didn't get any bad news because uh, we're not supposed to tell you about <laughs> it. Tell us the bad news first." <laughs>
0: <laughs> she says uh, okay well okay so bad news um the place where you're going next i can't get a portal open to it um it's like some force is protecting this place from from outside magic I, I could get you close but you might have to find a more conventional way of of getting there that's the bad news tell me more the the good news you mean
1: well where where are we going
0: yeah, that's the good news. I found it As, you know, I kind of revealed the good news in the bed. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I, fa- I think I found the location of the next totem and it's called it's called Dragonspire Island.
3: It's of course, of course, it can't be in Carnival of Fun and Friendship. <laughs> Cotton candy village. My- a <laughs> <laughs> she- whiff.
0: She pulls you over, she pulls you over to the table and she flips open the tome um, that she took from the temple. And she says, Ap- apparently the next priest of Palor was, was a woman named Elise. She was a pirate in a former life and was said to have shipwrecked on Dragonspire before converting. She was never seen without a large golden skull ring on her finger. And she points down at like a rough sketch that's in the margins of the book. She's, I, th- I think that's what you need. Okay. Are you, are you guys done here? Are you ready to go now?
2: What's the fastest way for us to get to Dragonspire Island?
0: So I can't portal directly to the island, like I said, but I can get you pretty close. I can get you to the coast. Um, it's a few miles off the coast in the water, though, so you so you may have to uh, you may have to get there on your own some other way.
1: Is there a, is there a town that we could get a boat in?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a town. There's a town uh, just off the coast called called Kingston Landing. I can get you pretty close to there.
1: All right. I'd, let's go for it. Works for me. Let's do it. In.
0: All right. All right. So she uh, she opens a portal right then and there on the side wall of the Hall of Knowledge, um, and you guys travel through it. Right. You are tra- <laughs> You are transport. You guys sound so excited to do this. We were
3: just told to go well, to. We're dying. Fire and brimstone. Fuck your face, Island.
2: Yeah, but once <laughs> after we finish this, durf can turn into a dragon, right?
3: Oh
1: shit! Yeah, that'd be sweet. New goal. No,
0: no. well, who says there's going to be dragons?
1: Aren't dragons not? Aren't dragons not beasts?
0: Yeah, dragons are like sentient beings in D anD D. They like talk and shit. Uh,
1: okay, a wavern. isn't that close? <laughs>
2: a, wi- <laughs> a, wa- a wyvern. A nope. wyvern. A
0: wavern. A flying wave. It's a wavern. Yes. <laughs> Named Vern. <laughs> right, Vern. Vern. <laughs> All right. So she she transports you to once again uh, away from the arcane tower and you land in a heap of soft grass as you find yourself at the slopes of a series of rolling hills. The air is crisp and the hot sun beats down on your skin. Far off to the west, the hills climb upwards, forming the base of a long, familiar mountain range that spans as far as you can see from north to south, the Hagedorn Peaks. You've never been on this side of them before. Across the mountains, the sky is unusually gray with wisps of swirling clouds, a great contrast to the warm, sunny skies that are above your head. The clear skies stretch far to the east above rolling hills that go on for miles, and you squint and just make out a horizon of dark blue water at the edge of your sight.
1: Can, can I do like a perception check to s- look for signs of civilization or something like that? Sure. Yeah. That's a monster tin.
0: No, you don't really see anything. I mean, you're like, you're in the middle of these rolling hills. And like I said, all you see is the mountains to the west. Uh, big gray swirling clouds up in the sky over the mountains. And just all you can see is rolling hills to the east, except for that little thin line of like blue water far in the distance to the east.
1: Um, are there any big hills nearby that we could go to the top of?
0: Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like rolling hills. Think of like, New Zealand, like Lord of the Rings. It's where you're kind of at right now. It's just all field and hills. I think we should head
2: east towards the blue line that looks like it might be water.
1: That's probably a better
2: idea. Let's do that. In doing so, we will probably climb a hill. Can confirm.
3: Let's do that.
0: All right. Uh, you you travel east. Um, you travel east for several hours as the bright green land around you kind of ebbs and flows like like waves of earth. The smell of fresh hill daisies mingles with the slightest hint of fish and salt water as you crest over a particularly large hill. <laughs> the scene below is breathtaking. Miles ahead, the hills end in a patch of lush fields that reach the coast. Two massive curving peninsulas thick with forest and cliffs stretch out before you, cradling a bay of crystal water like a crab's claw. The sun shines bright on the bay's surface, reflecting such that it seems almost to glow white. Above the water, the bay is specked with fishing boats and cargo ships coming in to dock at a sizable harbor city, nestled snugly between the two peninsulas. The city is made up of what looks like hundreds of wooden houses and warehouses in close proximity. Several large vessels with colorful sails already sit at multiple piers that stretch out into the bay like a finger.
1: All right, well, let's stroll down there. Yep.
0: Okay, you guys stroll down the hills towards the city. um, And uh, you reach a dirt road and you pass through several farms and log cabins. You see like smoke billowing from the chimneys. Uh, people are out and about working among their yards, tending to livestock or horses that are tied to, like, posts on the front porch. Um, and finally, you reach the city gates, and you find a portly guard standing post. And he's got, like, rolls of fat that are peeking out through armor that's about two sizes too small for his own body. <laughs> <laughs> and he he says, uh, he says, uh, you there, what's your business in Kingston Landing?
1: Uh, saving the world. We're here to save the world
0: that yeah. he kind of he kind of chuckles <laughs> and he's like, uh, OK, uh, so for serious now, why don't you tell me what your business is? Uh, we're looking to head
2: to the port um, where maybe we can hire a
0: ship straight to the port. Then uh, with you, go down the streets and uh, find the harbormaster. He's uh, there's a little cabin by the docks, big yellow sign. You can't miss it.
2: Perfect. Thank you very much. You're a mighty welcome. After we get past him and out of sight, we head to the bar.
0: Agreed. Yep, the tavern. <laughs> yep. You're going to uh, just the closest tavern you could find? Yep.
3: 110% okay. agree.
0: All right, sure. Uh, you walk through the town um, for a little while. People people generally pay you no mind. Um, you get the feeling that as, the, as a harbor town, the locals are used to a variety of races and strange men and women passing through. Um, the whole town pretty much has a smell of fish although you get hints of wine, incense, and baked goods and spices as you travel down the main cobbled streets. Um, and you you come to the closest bar that you can find, uh, which is called The Skipper. It's a it's pretty nice bar, actually. Uh, it's kind of fancy. Um, you walk in, there's this big like padded door, um, and as you enter, you see people sipping ale from martini glasses, and there are several... Men in pretty nice suits that stand behind the bar. Um Do we have any money? Nope.
2: Nope.
3: Oh no, I see. We're spent all it. Oh.
0: broke. We're all. Hmm.
2: It's
3: time to burgle. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, hmm,
1: hmm, hmm. Durf does not say out loud. He doesn't do all those hmms. Um We should. We Isn't should that your thie- thieves speak? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thieves can't. <laughs> Uh, we should we should do a heist. In. Um, no. In. OK, I think we that's... should
2: go and talk to the tavern keeper and see if he can give us any information about Dragon Spire Island or anybody that has come from there recently or is planning to go there. Oh, that's way more lame. Well, I mean, you could really send maybe we should bring Eugene into the fold.
1: OK, so I'm going to get Eugene out. I'm going to tell him. Uh, while we're over there talking to the bartender you creep around stealthily keep an ear out for any good marks for um some theft heist etc
0: all right roll a uh, d20 there for huge natural 1
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eugene dies
0: <laughs> He's asleep in your pocket. He hears nothing. The, the last the last teleportation ride really knocked him out pretty cold. So, Excellent. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Thank goodness.
3: Um, I'm going. Tug is going to go to the bar uh, since we don't have any money. Um, but just kind of loiter and listen in and see what the drunk folks at the bar are talking about. If we can catch any... Or see if uh, Tug can catch any vibes of some interesting things that might be happening in the area.
0: Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and roll a um, roll, just like a general perception check.
3: Nah, sixteen.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. You um you catch like little snippets of conversation. Um, you hear people talking about uh, the docks. They're talking about um some tourists that have recently come in um you hear you hear were like titles that you haven't heard before like uh the squids you hear that you hear um you hear captain jacob and uh you hear a little bit about um some some of the talk amongst the gray clouds that have suddenly kind of popped up over the last couple weeks um on that mountain range
1: interesting interesting dürf would like to sleight of hand some rich asshole for beer money. Okay. So do I need to find and pick one, or can I just say?
0: There are plenty of rich assholes um, in this, uh, this particular establishment, so you can take your pick.
1: What if I just sort of creep around and get a bunch of them? Let's see how my sleight of hand roll goes.
0: Yeah, let's see how that goes first
1: that is a 21
0: okay yeah um you creep around um just kind of like slyly moving in and out of tables um picking a couple pockets with ease and let's say you grab you end up grabbing these are pretty rich people so they've got a lot of dough on them uh you grab like 15 gold pieces total all right we're rich and that's in like jewelry, and you're not just grabbing gold pieces. You like swipe a watch, you swipe a little uh, a necklace um, right off a woman who's ordering a drink. Um, that kind of stuff that's worth about fifteen gold pieces. So we'll just instantly convert that to cash. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sell so it to my fence, who's been secretly following us around this entire time and <laughs> right, not right, not exactly. talking or interacting with us at all.
2: Maybe Eugene is your fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, uh, you're you're dying, and you need to find these amulets to keep yourself from dying and save the world. What do you want to do next? I think I want to steal some shit from rich people at a bar. <laughs> find your roots.
3: Um, so let's find uh, these squids with Captain Jack Sparrow. I, I so you, you, are you telling them
0: <laughs> what you heard? You,
3: yes, yes, I am. I'm passing on the message of the squids and the captain.
1: And that that might be our place to start. Wasn't Carl going to talk to the bartender? Did we decide not to do that?
2: We didn't get there yet because we started burgling, apparently, nah. and
1: talking. That's a good idea. So,
2: yeah, Carl's gonna Carl wants, is going to approach uh, the tavern keeper. OK,
0: yeah, one of the bartenders back there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he sees your approach and um, it's a man of kind of tall stature. He's got slicked black hair. That's kind of shaved on the sides, just like one of those cool things people are doing now. It's going to swoop to the side. And he says, what can I get for you, sir? Actually, I I have a few questions.
2: Do you know of any captain willing to take me and my friends to Dragonspire Island? Do you know who I would talk to for that?
0: (coughs) He gasps as you say, Dragonspire Island. And he says, oh, no, sir. Not to the Dragonspire. There's there's ghosts. The rumors of terrible things happening there. That's well, I'm really into that sort of stuff.
1: Um <laughs> T- terrible things are some of my favorite things. So
0: right. <laughs> your best bet would be to go to the docks and ask around um I but good luck. To the port we go. Okay. Um yeah, so you 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 head to the docks um at, at instruction of of the bartender. And uh, you approach the bay, and you, and you immediately begin to hear sounds of the docks. You hear uh, men loading large crates onto a few of the cargo ships. You hear barrels being rolled across wooden planks. There's seagulls calling above, uh, water lapping against the wooden supports underneath the piers. And there's plenty of workers uh, like loading and unloading ships. Um, and you see the... The cabin that the guard was talking about, off to your left, uh, that's noticeable because of this big yellow sign that is painted on Harbormaster. You walk up to the Harbormaster's cabin. Um, you see a big, big closed oak door, um, and you knock and you jiggle the handle, um, but it is locked. And upon further inspection of the door, you see that there is a, a rough sign kind of attached to the frame that reads uh, "Out to Lunch."
1: Okay. Uh, so so we're down by the boats and stuff, and there's, like, a line yeah. of buildings, and then some open space, and then some boats.
0: Right, right. Basically like a dock. I want to
2: find the nearest, nearest dock worker and talk to him and ask him where okay. Captain Jacob's boat is.
0: Nice, okay, um... Yeah, so so actually, while well, you guys are like checking out the harbor master's cabin, you see from across the docks that this this black-haired, freckled-faced boy is loading up crates on on a hoist across the dock. That uh, they see, he sees you at the door, um, and he he takes off his newsboy hat and he calls out to you and he says, um, "Sign's been up there since yesterday. Uh, Must have had a hell of a night." Where does the master harbor master usually go for lunch? Oh, I don't know. He, like I said, he's been gone for about two days now. So, uh, so not, not sure where he might be. Um, uh, and he calls you over. He says, uh, he says, name's Jim. Y- you fellas, you fellas looking for a ship or something? Why, yes, indeed. Yeah, something, something like that. Oh, there's lots of ships here. Uh, I run, uh, I'll help, uh, load the cargo for, uh, for, uh, shuttle service. I'm just part of the crew.
1: Um, do you know, do you know where we could get a ship to, um, what's it called? Dragon? Dragon place? Spire Island. Dragon Spire Island.
0: Hmm, okay. And he, he kind of like puts his news cap on, wiping his forehead uh, from sweat, and he says, oh, Dragon Spire Island, hey, uh, it's a lot of danger over there. Um, uh, you know, folks tale of, of ghosts and, uh, we, we, we try to avoid that best they can, um. Uh, if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for a ship, I, I can offer you, uh, the shuttle service we offer, but, uh, you're gonna have to talk to, to the captain, Captain Jacob. Where's Captain Jacob? Oh, it's time of day, and he kind of looks up at the sky, um, and he says, "This time of day, he's probably, uh, probably down to the crooked anchor. Is that a bar? Yeah, oh, you guys are new around here, eh?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, just just walk down the bar there, um, and uh, you know, near where the town ends, just take a left, walk in a little bit. You can't miss it. Big bronze anchor on the roof.
1: All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right.
0: He says, uh, he says, pleasure, and tips his cap to you as you walk off.
1: I'll I'll uh, flip him a, a gold piece.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much.
1: You're
3: welcome.
0: Right,
1: Tug bye. tries to <laughs> steal the gold piece back.
3: Oh God, not not
0: this. <laughs> All right. Slide a hand check as it's floating midair. Nine. Uh, you you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jim looks at you and he's like, What 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 was that? You you see a fly or something? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. tiny bugs everywhere. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. All right, you guys run off. Uh Down the docks, um, you travel down the docks a little ways. You dip back into town following Jim's directions. Um, And as you travel a little farther to the west, down the city, the streets begin to become a little bit more, more unkempt. Buildings become a little shadier. Pretty soon you see that large bronze anchor that's affixed to a chimney that sits upon the roof of a tattered old building. A couple of sailors sit at a table on the outside porch and they're playing some kind of dice game there. Um, And and as you approach the building, you all of a sudden see several patrons that are leaving through the swinging doors rather quickly. And you can hear from beyond the sounds of a scuffle coming from inside.
1: Let's check it out. Oh,
3: yeah. Tug runs in. There's a fight. Let's go.
0: (laughs) You enter the crooked anchor and immediately get hit with this smell of like mold and hard liquor. Most of the light from this room is coming from this large iron chandelier that's above a a round oak bar that's in the center of the room. The open hearth is on the western wall and it's cold and black and unlit. And there are dozens of tables scattered about Um, much more, much more low class than the than the uh, luxurious bar you were in before. You see several chairs have been toppled over that make a straight path to the only people that are still in the bar. Three men stand with their backs turned to you. The one at the left is a short, scrawny fellow sporting white trousers and a black leather vest that reveals a tattoo in the shape of a cutlass wrapped in some sort of black tentacle on his right arm. The one in the middle is tall and well-built, draped in a leather overcoat with loose brown pants that stop at scuffed up black boots. The one on the right is somewhere in between the others in height, but about twice as big around, wearing a black and white striped tunic and oversized pants held up by thick leather overalls. Each of them wears a dark purple bandana. And they stand facing another gentleman that's about 15 feet away up against the bar. He's got a single white tuft of hair in the center of his head, and sports a bushy beard to match. His white shirt is faded with sweat stains, and his large belly protrudes out and over his belt. Underneath his puffy brown trousers, you see two wooden legs. And you hear coming from the three men, you hear this. The skinny guy on the left, he says, um, He says, Come on, Legless. We don't have to make this hard. We could do this the easy way. And then the one, uh, the dumpy one on the right says, um, yeah, listen to Dash. We don't want to have to take your life, sir. We just want your money. That's all. And the old man speaks now um, and he says, now listen, boys, uh, this is all I got. And he reaches in his front pocket and puts out two bright gold pieces, which he flicks over to the men's feet. And the dumpy one to the right reaches down to try to grab these pieces. But the built one in the middle kind of smacks his hands away. And he says, don't fucking touch it, Mayo. Ow, Jacob. That's a little insulting, don't you think? We know you've got loads of money in that ship. A ship that used to belong to us, you see. You retired and now you take people across the eastern sea collecting their money and i think we we are owed a little bit of that uh, that their cash don't you think and the old man says be reasonable andre i did my time in the squid same as you i don't think i owe nobody nothing and with this he takes a bottle off the bar and smashes it against the counter Um, until there's this nice shard at the end and points it towards the three men as they also reach for their weapons at their hip. Sorry for that long music intro. I just really like this new mid-roll music that Jacob Pretty put for us together. Um, So there you go. Uh, Hey, it's Joe, your Dungeon Master. I hope you guys are enjoying episode 17, their little trip to uh, Kingston Landing, and soon Dragonspire Island has begun. So I hope you're enjoying it. Just a couple things I wanted to mention here in this mid-roll. Number one, look out this week for our podcasts of Annihilation one-shot that we did. um, All about the new adventure book by Wizards of the Coast, Tomb of Annihilation. Um, I think it's going out on Friday. So go check that out and listen to all the other podcasts' uh, one-shots as well. Secondly, thanks to everyone that uh, participated in our Cast for Change thing that we did on on Twitter and all social media. Um, We got a lot of responses about people that are doing some really cool stuff out there for their community and for others. So we're going to be announcing the winners of that, uh, or the winner of that cool dice box by um, Nightshade Creations this week on Twitter. So go check that out. You may have heard uh, some of these names on the episode today are actually patrons, $15 patrons. I'm trying to do them in order of when people um, decided to pledge to our podcast. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't work just based on who the characters are, genders and whatnot. But a very special shout out to all our $15 patrons. You will get your name on here eventually. Uh, Jacob Torres, David Ashikol, Andre K, Tarkin Davis, Eleanor Fitchett, Mayo, Sierra Clark, Jim Saunders, Michael kennitzer and Jason Ford. You guys are awesome. Um, your money has already gone to this podcast and helped us out a ton with things that we want to do and um, ways to make this show better. So, if you're interested in being a patron, uh, you only have to donate a dollar or more, and you get a bunch of cool perks, like uh, you get all the music from the shows. You might get your name on the episodes. Um, kind of behind the scenes thing. I think we're going to start adding a new feature for patrons where you get the episodes a little bit in advance and they're usually ready a few days uh, before we release them. So um, anyway, if you want to be a patron, go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Uh, if, you, if you like the show, please review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave a cool review. We got a bunch of them. I think we're almost to 100, which is just incredible. So um, yeah, do that. Go follow us on Twitter, social media at YMIA Tavern uh that is it okay enjoy the rest of episode 17 and uh we'll see you in a couple weeks
2: to do? Are we gonna Tug's roll already gone. Or are
3: we, what are we doing here? Tug's already running. Uh, he's, he's
1: grabbing the big one in the middle. Uh, okay. Y- yeah, do, do, do we get like sneak attack bonuses?
0: So you guys why don't we, uh, if you want to try to do like a surprise round on them and just go straight for the attack, why don't you uh, all roll a stealth check and you'll all have to pass.
1: Uh, that is going to be a hugely high number for me.
0: Natural 20 uh, for Tug.
1: 25. 16 wow. for Carl.
0: Okay, yeah. You guys get a sneak attack, so um, tell me who, who are you going for and, and what are you doing? Tug basically? is in the
3: front, obviously, because I ran in th- thinking I was hearing a scuffle. I am gunning okay. for the big guy because I need somebody that might have the opportunity to match my power level. And I am going to use one of my beautiful new uh, monk techniques called Crazy Hermit Opens Cask. Okay. And essentially, it's a like... I run up and jump and it's like a donkey kick, which will have me land on my back. But if uh, so essentially if I hit what the uh, opposition needs to do is make a dexterity save and on a failed save, they take a five D eight bludgeoning damage.
0: Jeez. Okay. Um. So just so you guys know, just so we don't do like guy number one, guy number two, based on the conversation you've kind of picked up on their names um and the scrawny skinny one to the left his name is dash um the big fat one to the right his name is mayo um and then the main big guy um in the middle his name is andre which is by the way all names of 15 dollars patrons so there's that so
3: uh sorry sorry andre you're
0: about to get removed
3: from the map
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes sir. well you don't know uh okay all right um okay so why don't you go we'll do one at a time and then we'll roll initiative for the fight if you don't kind of take care of these guys and just so you know i don't know if you've ever brought this up because mostly what you've been fighting are like creatures um you can choose to knock out somebody instead of just straight murder them Um, When you just reduce someone to zero, you just basically tell me like I'm doing a non-lethal hit and then you'll just knock him unconscious instead of murdering. That's totally up to you, though. I just wanted to say that now, since this is the first time you're actually battling like a person.
3: Okay, so I'm assuming five D eight is going to be enough to do. um, I'm spending two key points to do this, by the way. Okay. so Um,
0: so I have to make a save. What kind of save?
3: I think I actually have to roll to hit first.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, never mind. Nope, it's just spend the two key points and have it happen. So, I'm going to read it to you and you tell me, Joe, just so so okay, we're on the yeah. same page. You Go kick ahead. with both legs, sacrificing position for power. As an action, you can spend two key points to fall prone and force one creature in melee range to make a dexterity save. On a failed save, the creature takes 5d8 bludgeoning damage, plus an extra 1d8 bludgeoning damage for each additional key point I spend and the target is knocked prone um if if they so you're just
0: spending two you're not doing any additional 1d8s correct
3: and if they are successful they don't get
0: knocked prone
3: and take half damage
0: they still take half damage okay
3: so i don't Um, need to roll the hit i just need to roll the damage is that correct
0: um, I need to beat your your Dex save DC, which I assume is the same as like uh, a druid's, which is like eight plus your proficiency modifier plus your Dex modifier.
3: Okay, so that would be sixteen. Proficiency is now up to plus three, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. So eight plus three so plus four, four. so fifteen.
0: Fifteen. Okay, I have to beat a fifteen. Um. Okay. Sweet. Andre's got a plus two, so that's a. I rolled a fourteen. All right. So you're just like. Going completely horizontal, kicking this guy straight in the back? Yep. Is that what's happening? Exactly right. But you're going to fall prone. Correct. correct?
3: But I have, you know, because of how I worked my character out, I have a lot of options when I'm prone.
0: All right, roll your 5d8.
3: One, two. You want to keep track of these numbers for me, Brian?
0: Now that we're getting up in level, we might just get, uh, there's like a phone app, you can just say 5d8, and it'll just roll.
3: Oh, yeah, I guess I should do that. You're just going to go ahead and do that, Brian?
0: Yes. Thank you just do that yeah 32 32 32 damage yeah. you nearly rolled all five, all eights you got a three eight eight seven six jesus okay yeah you do 32 damage to this guy <laughs> as he gets Fuck smacked <laughs> in the back so all, all these um attacks are happening simultaneously so because you guys all rolled really good stealth checks um, so he gets shot squared in the back. and goes flying into the bar um, and he smashes his head against the bar, taking 32 damage. And he goes prone, but he's still very much conscious.
1: Durf would like to jump forward and finish him off with leaf tip.
0: OK, are you murdering this guy?
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. No, no don't, don't kill him, dude. dude. Why?
0: Oh. No.
3: You can kill Dash or Dumpy, but, like, literally, like, the, the leader is the one we might actually need. Let's not kill anybody. We can definitely kill the Dumpy one in No,
2: the we, we they, kill no one. to
3: kill an old man and, uh... We kill no one. At least, like, at least weigh the freaking leader for information and then kill him. Look, if we kill one of them...
2: Their whole group is gonna come after us.
1: We can kill this guy and then be like, um, "So Dude, what's no, up, fellas?" We're not fellas? killing
3: any. We can kill Dash or Dumpy, and and or Dumpy, but not the leader, not yet.
1: I think we kill the leader and then use our defeat of his of the leader to fucking press these guys to give us information.
2: Joe, I wanna I'm gonna trip Durf.
1: <laughs> okay. I love this. I, uh, none of that conversation happened in world and Durf is still trying to kill this guy.
0: Okay. All right, fine. Uh, no, I actually like it better if you guys are literally standing there talking about if you should kill this guy or not. <laughs> well,
3: technically, I'm
0: yelling from 30
3: feet away on my back.
0: <laughs> okay, so so Carl, I'm going to say you can give up your surprise attack to attempt to to trip Durf as he goes after this guy with his spear. Absolutely done. Is, is that what you want to do? Yes, Okay, so Durf, why don't you just roll um roll let's see, how should we do this? Durf, you roll an attack roll, and Carl, you roll an athletics roll. Oh, he's going down.
1: Natural
2: twenty. Oh no. I've got and we I had athletics, right? Correct. Twenty-five. Oh shit.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so mine would only be a twenty-three. But but his was a natural twenty. It's a natural twenty. Oh god damn.
3: I think you actually have to go with the natural twenty on this one.
0: I mean it i It sucks do. to say because it's not the result I
3: want, but I'm pretty sure that's just how we've been playing it.
0: Yeah, I mean so okay, Durf. Yeah, Durf leaps forward with leaf tip, and where are you where are you getting this guy? Uh just right in the right in the chest. Right in the chest. Okay. Um go ahead and roll your damage and you double the dice on that since it is a natural twenty.
1: Do I so it's one d8 plus one D4. Do I double both of those?: Nope,
0: you roll two D8 plus four.
1: Okay. So let's see.
0: and I add my attack bonus? So you roll two D8 2 D4 and then add your damage modifier, your um, strength.
1: Okay, well, luckily that's zero, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, so 12 plus 16.
0: Okay. Wow. Uh, So you did 32 damage, and then 16 more. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, you stab him just on the left side, and he gasps as um, the the spear kind of enters in and hits through flesh and bone. Um, But he is not yet unconscious. Unfortunately, he is still alive, just barely hanging on as blood is starting to like pool underneath him. Uh, And the other two immediately turn around like what the hell is happening. And now it's time for everyone to roll initiative.
3: 15 for Tug. Uh, Twelve.
0: Nine for Carl. Up first is actually Andre, um, who's on the floor with a spear um, kind of inside his shoulder. Um, And he is hurt very badly. um, But with this pain comes this great rage as he shoves the spear to the side um, and gets up and attempts to just put a left hook right in Durf's face and he's going to roll a um, let's see 24 <laughs> <laughs> that will hit which will hit and he is going to do uh, five points of damage to you as he connects with the left side of your jaw Okay. And Tug, you're up.
3: All right. um, So the other half of my uh, monastic drunken arts um, attack is Grasshopper Rises Early. And I'm assuming with the guys standing next to each other and since I kicked Andre in the middle, I'm kind of prone in between the other two? Correct. Yes, that's correct. Perfect. Grasshopper Rises Early. While prone, you can use your reaction and spend one key point to immediately stand up. Each creature within 5 feet of me must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. If I hit a creature that is already prone, so if Andre is still within 5 feet of me, uh, then he would... Well, he's not prone anymore. He got up. So never mind all that. But if if a creature is already prone next to me, it would take damage equal to 2 of my martial arts die. Which right now is 1d8, or 1d6. So... Okay, Forget. sweet. So So I'm using my reaction and a key point to pop up, and now uh, Dash and Mayo need to make dexterity saving throws, or else be knocked prone, and then I'm going to have to pick one to uh, assassinate into unconsciousness.
0: (laughs) Or do a lot of damage to it, right. Uh, Okay, so it's still a 15, all right. So Dash does not save. Um, Mayo definitely does not save with a critical one. (laughs) <laughs> with a critical miss so yeah both of them get hit and what does this actually look like um so <laughs> picture
3: when a um break dancer is on his back and then does kind of like the whirly gig with his feet in the air to kind of like swing back up into a kneeling position
0: okay and like how do they get hit what do they get hit with your feet Yeah, as my, spin? my
3: legs like kind of like okay. as my legs like twirl around to give myself momentum momentum to roll up to my knee It kind of just take shots by my legs like into the knees or in the ankles and it kind of buckles them okay
0: sweet okay so they both go prone and go ahead and roll your damage and tell me who you're doing the damage to
3: um so uh that was my reaction so i still get to attack correct is that correct that's how that works okay so i will um can i roll to see if i hit with both because that'll change how this looks
0: sure yeah okay
3: so, first one is a 20, not natural. Second one is a 22.
0: Those will both hit. Okay.
3: So, what I'm going to do, uh, the heavier one is the one that kind of like critically missed or maybe took a bigger spill. So, yes, correct. now that I'm up on my knee, I'm actually going to leap up <laughs> into the air and come down with both knees into his chest, into his solar plexus.
0: Sweet. Okay. So you're doing damage from the grasshopper thing and normal attack damage, correct?
3: No. So those are just my normal attacks.
0: Okay. Uh, You just knocked them prone.
3: Correct. All the grasshopper thing is knocks them prone. If they already are prone, that's when they would take damage instead.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And prone also gives you advantage on the attack if someone is prone. So you don't have to roll that because you hit with both anyway, but. Cool.
3: So we'll just get in there with some, uh, with some damage.
0: Right. Um, And that's.
3: So seven plus six, 13
0: damage. 13 damage to Mayo. Okay, Um, Yeah. Both your knees kind of collide with his stomach and he just lets out this huge like and kind of gags for a minute. Um, And it's his turn and he's going to hop up from his prone position and he's going to take out these two clubs that he has from either side of his hip. Um, And he's going to just bring his arms back and smash you across the face with both of these clubs as hard as he can. So he's going to make two attacks here. Um, His first one is a seven. Uh, His second one is a 19. 19 hits. Okay, so 19. So he's going to do a total of five damage to you. Cool. Got it. As the club kind of collides against your your hip, you hear a pop. All right, uh, up next is Dash on the other side of you, um, who just got annihilated by this spinning kick, and he's going to get up as well. He pulls out um, uh, a cutlass from uh, his hip, and he just looks at you. He's like, you're dead, man. And he slashes you across the chest, and he rolls a natural 20. So 25 with natural 20, um, and he is going to do... He's going to do... All right, two the eight plus three oh, one plus five six nine damage to you tug is up as curtain. you are kind of facing mayo um he slashes across your back just where your your black cloak is um and it kind of the big rip goes through it cool Durf you are up next
1: okay so so the guy I'm fighting is standing up now
0: right correct he just kind of punched you across the jaw but he is really bloodied and is not looking good.
1: Um i wanna use conjure animals um and right at his feet conjure eight rats okay uh which because of my um circle of the shepherds will all have thirteen instead of one h p and Jesus. once they're summoned i'm gonna order them to to Shout down on this guy,
0: wow, okay, all right, sorry, Andre, um, so you're gonna summon them, and they they work collectively as a group, so I don't roll ten separate attack rolls, I roll one attack roll
1: it's eight it, but eight, eight, eight it separate attack rolls? I mean like the way a swarm of rats would work, like yeah. they'd all kind of act individually i, understand. I, I mean. No. Mm-hmm.
0: no, I think you work you do swarms as one group, okay. And it doesn't, it's not like they, it's not like I would say, oh, they all miss. It would be like he kicks the group away and, you know, I would, I would word yeah. it as in something different. Um, okay. So why don't you make an attack roll for the rats using their own strength?
1: Okay. It's uh plus zero to hit 12
0: that will miss. So um, as you, you conjure these rats and and I think at this point, maybe Eugene uh, wakes up and he looks at your pocket and he's like, God, oh, you got some more friends. Sweet. Um, and they, they <laughs> come up from the ground uh, and he's like, well, they do not look friendly. Not at all. And um, as they kind of are crawling up Andre's legs, um, he kicks the group away to the left and to the right and the rats scatter before they're able to do any, any lasting damage.
2: Carl, you're, um, before I move, I'm going to yell out, um, dash Mayo, take Andre and leave now. Or you may not
0: leave at all. Okay. Um, why don't you roll, roll an intimidation?
2: 18
0: um okay so dash kind of looks at mayo and he looks back at andre who is just kind of keeled over and bleeding profusely um and that is their leader so they look at andre and andre looks back at them and he nods um and they begin to run off all right you guys gonna, gonna do anything nope let him go
3: i'm gonna try and trip one on the way by like not chase after okay. him, but just trip him
0: do uh Does the slide of hand with your foot slide a foot 22 yeah you trip one of them <laughs> and he lands and it's andre and he falls on a chair and breaks his neck and he dies
2: what yay wow. Wow. No, I'm, kidding, wow. I'm
0: kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> No, you and do then you the rats d- devour him you trip you trip mayo and he falls to the ground hilariously and rolls like does three somersaults before he lands at the door and then they they run off they run out the uh the old man with the tuft tuft hair um, kind of steps away and wipes his brow and he says he says oh I mean, it was just I was just about to get him I was just about to get him but uh, thank goodness you're here Kate Kate uh, get, get us some drinks would you please please and she goes across the bar and pours you guys all some pints of ale and um, the the old man kind of slouches down in a nearby chair and and uh, puts his both his wooden legs crosses them on the table in front of him. So, are you Captain Jacob? And he wipes his brow and he goes, uh, "Shit, yeah, that's me. That's me." Right on, Captain Jacobs. Captain Jacobs, the name. We are trying to get to Dragon
3: Spire Island. I know, I know. Ghosts, danger, blah blah blah. <laughs> we don't care about all that. Clearly, you just saw us dismantle these three guys. Um, Can you take us there, possibly as a payment for us just saving your life?
0: Um, Roll a persuasion with advantage.
3: Um, I won't take the one, so I guess I'll take the seven plus three. That's a ten.
0: You get to re-roll the one.
3: All right, 15.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so he's like, "Oh, so so uh, you heard of Dragonspire Island?" Then I see. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I run a shuttle service here. I got, uh, I've got, um, got patrons that need a ride across the Eastern Sea. But I suppose, uh, I suppose, I may be able to get you close. But that's all I can do. I, I, you know, you know the stories of the ghosts and and strange things happening around there. I can. I can sail past Dragon Spire and get you close enough. I'll even let you borrow borrow one of my uh, one of my rowboats to get you there. But but that's all I can that's all I can offer. You
3: you can't bring us close enough so we don't have to use a dinghy to get the rest of the way. For crying out loud! I run a business. I know, man. What's your life worth though? How you run a business
0: if you're dead? How you run a business if you're dead? I'm sitting here doing just fine, drinking a beer, ain't I? listen i appreciate the help tug
3: is going to explode with rage right now (laughs) listen listen i appreciate the help but you did only roll a 15 (laughs) fine it better be a nice dinghy then oh it's a super nice dinghy you'll love it you'll love it i already hate it on principle
0: another (laughs) beer please all right uh, yeah, Kate pours you guys some more beers. All the beers on the house. You guys are kind of the only one in this bar. Um, and he says, he says, uh, "Oh hey, man, sorry, sorry about that mess. I, I hate those assholes. They come in here all the time, causing trouble. Old oh, partners of mine. They were, uh, were they fellow
2: us Were they members of the the
0: squids or whatever that people have been talking about? Why, why? Yes, the squids. Yes, yes. How'd you know that?
2: Saw their tattoo. Looked bad."
0: Aye, uh, that's their sign. They all got them. bunch of bandits and thieves. They are. Uh, uh well, Dervish was just gonna say you seem
1: pretty chill about them. I'm pretty sure they were about to kill you.
0: Oh, they don't mean no harm. They might rough me up a little bit, but I I used to work with them. They they'd never harm me too bad.
3: Uh, okay. I mean, if if you're okay with it, I mean, I don't. Whatever. Uh, another beer for Doug, please.
0: All right, more beers. <laughs> the beers are flowing. And he says, uh listen, I-, I can offer you uh I can offer you lodging for the night if you want to stay on my ship. It's uh it's a luxury vehicle that I use to shuttle people from here to the eastern Se- to across the eastern sea. So uh so if you're looking for a place to stay this evening, it's getting pretty dark. Um I'm more than happy to take you to my ship. Let's roll. Let's do yep. it. So you guys sit there for a little bit longer and you drink a few more beers um, and, you know, Kate's just boring the beers. More people are starting to trickle in now, um, now that the chaos has kind of been been passed. Um, and eventually you guys leave in the in the evening hours. It's getting pretty dark in the city and you get to the docks and he takes you up this um, plank to this beautiful red ship. Um, and you guys pass Jim on the way, and he kind of he kind of nods to you, and he says, uh, "Oh, welcome back, Captain, um, Jim, my boy. Uh, set these fine gentlemen up with temporary lodging. I know we've got we've got a few extra cabins down there somewhere." Um, and you step onto the deck of this ship, and it is it's cherry red, marked with this white stripe along its hull, with big black words that say "Reliance." Um, it's got three square rigged masks that flap against the evening wind. Um, and the deck is decorated with several tables and comfortable looking benches for passengers to enjoy their travel in comfort. Uh, but judging by the cannon windows that are built into the hull and the harpoon and net guns that still sit above deck, you get the sense that this ship was not always made for comfort. There's a beautiful jeweled wheel that sits on the quarterdeck. It's red rubies glistening in the sunlight. Um and Jim leads you down below the quarterdeck down these steps uh, and you pass like this Shinazi looking cocktail lounge uh, where minstrels are tuning their instruments in preparation and they nod to you as you pass. And you eventually make your way through the lower deck to three fancy rooms for you to stay in. And uh Jim says uh now let me know if you'll be needing anything else now. Uh Feel free to, to leave the ship if you if you must. But uh, we won't leave until until uh, f- tomorrow afternoon. Sounds good. good. All Let's right. Go. Sounds good. All right. So at this point, it's nighttime. You guys can kind of pass out for the evening or, um, you know, do what you do what you want.
2: Carl's going to stay in his room and say some prayers and go to bed.
3: Uh, I feel like okay. we I feel like as a group, we don't really do a lot of exploring of our surroundings. And I'm not trying to, like, get into mischief and steal stuff. I'm actually just trying to explore this ship further. Sure. For like, for, I don't know, like, trap doors, things that might be worth noting at a later
1: date when we're on this ship.
0: Yeah, Or okay. the next day, yeah, whatever. Durf, do you want to go with him?
1: Yeah, I'll go with him. Uh, Durf is also kind of like, well, this ship's a lot fancier than I expected it to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sweet. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So, so where you're at, where your rooms are at, there's like big long hallways with red carpet um, down. It kind of almost looks like a hotel. Um, And, you know, there's more rooms, more doors like yours with big numbers on them. Um, Like I said, there's that snazzy little like jazz lounge uh, where you first entered the quarter deck. Um, And then there is a big door down the hallway that's marked uh, like baggage where all the cargo is stored. Hmm. That's basically the what makes up the bottom part of the ship.
3: Yeah, I don't really f- Is any- Sorry, Durf, go ahead. Is there anybody around?
0: Um, not really. all the rooms seem to be empty. There's not a whole lot of action, just the basic crew members that have little like lapels on their jackets that tell you kind of like that they're, they're a part of the ship. Um no real no passengers just yet besides you guys.
1: Um I don't know, Tug, do we want to do like a perception check for strategically interesting things
3: yeah i think that's good like we're looking or you know uh speaking on tug's behalf only here um i'm i'm looking like i said less for valuable items or things like that more of like trap doors uh uh cubby holes interesting spaces like things of that nature
0: okay yeah so um so as you guys walk like through the lower deck, up and down the halls and through the jazz lounge, maybe peek in the uh, the cabin where the all the lu- all the um, luggage is stored. Why don't you just roll uh, an investigation check and I'll tell you yeah. if you see anything. I'm terrible at this, by the way. Um, That is a 10. 10. Um, yeah, Durf. I got a
1: let's see what my 16
0: Okay, um, Tug, you don't really find much. Durf, um, behind the staircase that led down to the lounge from the quarterdeck, uh, you do see like a plain wooden door that you can kind of see through the cracks of the steps. Um, and as you enter this door, it's unlocked. You see these old dusty hallways that are a little bit different, um, and they lead to either side of the ship and kind of back down towards the uh, the back of the ship or the front of the ship, the bow of the ship. Um, just on the outside, and this is where you can kind of see out through these cannon windows. Um, and there are still there are still black cannons that are kind of sitting there, um, facing out. There they've got cobwebs on them. Um, there's a few cannonballs like milling about on the ground. Uh, it doesn't look like it's been used for years and years and years, uh, but they're still there. And it looks like the basically the the luxurious hotel was just kind of built on the inside. Um, and maybe it was too difficult to remove these cannons or they just were too lazy and they built, built everything on the inside, but left, left that there.
1: So, so does the hallway go out and around like something that is explorable or is that all we can see?
0: It kind of goes, it it goes on along. It's not outside. Um, think of it as like, there's an outer hull, and then there's a little hallway in between the hull and the interior of the ship. And that's where all these cannons are, and they go all the way back down um, towards the towards the front of the ship. And
1: are, did you say there are cannon balls? Yes. Interesting. Durf strokes his chin. I don't know. I, I guess Derf alerts Tug to the existence of this little area, and then um, I don't know. Walk around, see if there's anything to see in there besides the cannons, or is is it basically just like a hallway full of cannons? And we're like. All right, cool.
0: Um, so as you get to kind of like the front of the ship, um, as the two kind of passageways on either side meet, you see there's a ladder that leads up. Um, and as you go up to up this ladder, you open a kind of a trap door that actually leads to the deck of the ship in the front. So that's like an easy access way down to this part where the cannons are. Cool,
1: cool. So there is there there's crew around? Can I talk to the crew?
0: Yeah, if you want, sure, yeah.
1: So uh, just the nearest crew member, I guess. I'll grab him. Yeah, and I'm there's, like,
0: hey. there's a guy kind of like up on the deck of the ship still uh, sweeping. Most of the other crew has kind of gone to bed at this point. There's just a couple of the night shift that are sweeping around.
1: Okay, so so I'm going to just go grab him and say, Hey, man, so I can't help but notice this is like a, sort of a weird luxury <laughs> ship, but then they can kind of creep off into the corners. There's cannons and stuff. Uh, what, what's, what's this ship's deal? How did this ship come to be the way it is?
0: Uh, hello, sir. Um, yes, yes, of course, the, uh, the cannons there. Um, so Captain Jacob, Captain Jacob, uh, used to be a member of the squids. I don't know if he told you that or not. Um, but, uh, he, this ship was actually taken from them uh, and we, we repainted it and resurfaced it. And uh, so it doesn't look like theirs anymore. No one knows. We changed the masks and everything. So uh, that's probably why you see some of the weapons still around. Um, We tried to get rid of them, but they're pretty stuck in place. So not many people know about that, though. Keep it on the hush hush. All
3: right. So are are they still operable? Like if we need to push these out those gates and fire upon enemies, is that still uh, an option we have?
0: Uh, he kind of looks to the left and to the right. Um, and he whispers in your ear and he says, "I think so, sir. I I think you could still get a little, still get a little gunpowder in there and uh and shoot away if you if you're really feeling like it."
3: I guess I'll use my tug voice, which is probably what I should have used my ass. Right. Good. I've got a bad (laughs) feeling about tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Actually, that's that kind of suffices like peaks or I guess quells uh, Tug's interest, uh, knowing that there is firearms there. Um, I think that's good because Tug has a sinking feeling that the squids will be back after uh, we, we just took them to task in the in the bar.
0: OK, yeah. All right. You're on on high alert. OK, um, so you guys good. You want to go to bed?
3: uh tug's good tug's gonna go
0: to bed yeah all right so you go you go back to your respective uh, cabins and settle into your lush beds with goose feather pillows and sweet duvet covers and whatnot um and uh you guys are asleep why don't you three roll me since you're asleep roll me a perception check with disadvantage all three of you
3: Pugs is a seven. Thirteen. Twelve for Carl.
0: Wow. Okay. Um 13 at disadvantage, huh? Okay, so that's pretty good. Um Durf, I plus seven. Oh yeah. Right. Nice. Okay, so Durf. Um, I think in the middle of the night you um you didn't roll too high, but in the middle of the night you feel as if you hear kind of like a bumping, grinding noise coming from above the deck. Um, you kind of wake up and you're really groggy, so you're not sure if it was just a dream, if you are dreaming something and that happened, or if you actually heard something. Um, you kind of listen for a few more seconds just to see, and you don't hear much else, so you you drift back off to sleep.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: <laughs> and then uh, you, wake, you wake in the morning um, to hear... Kind of like a shouting uh, coming from on top of the ship, upper deck.
1: All, all of okay. us or okay. just and I run, up there.
0: All of you, all of you. Okay, uh, it's kind of what what jerks you awake. Right.
3: Yeah, tug, tug takes off to to see what the commotion is.
0: Yep, Carl as well. All right, you guys, all three, leave your cabins pretty close to the same time um, and head up deck. And you see uh, Captain Jacob and Jim, kind of like. Um, just in, not really a heated argument, but just kind of like a passionate conversation, and they're standing up on the quarter deck, and you realize a couple things. You realize that, number one, the big jeweled wheel that was sitting there that controls the ship's rudder that moves it is gone. Um, And number two, in the main mast, there is a giant painted figure of a large cutlass wrapped in a black tentacle. Fuck. (laughs)
1: we got counter heisted boys
0: real quick i want to give a special shout out to our five dollar patrons jack mega joshua fienny Fenny. Josh, tell me if I messed that up. Um, Nick Vukulich, Vitaly Vassilyuk, David Ginsberg from the Tales from the Fandom podcast, Connor Breeden, Joe Quickle from the Dad D&D podcast, Justin Jimenez, Kevin McCluskey, and Adam Hoffling. Thanks so much, guys.